Good morning, my Frankly Ferguson friends. Today I am doing a special Sunday edition of my podcast. Typically I uh, host and post and all that stuff on Fridays, but today I'm actually doing a special edition and talking with my friend, Danielle Garaputo Florit. She is the mother to three beautiful little girls and one handsome little boy and has been a New York City police officer for the past 16 years. She is also a training sergeant who reviews officers' body-worn cameras and makes sure other New York City police officers complete their up-to-date mandatory and additional training. So welcome, welcome, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you so very much for having me today. I know. I'm so excited to talk with you. There's so much going on right now. So let's get into it. So, Danielle, why did you decide to become a cop? What was it about this line of work that attracted you to it? Well, when I was younger, um, I had always wanted to be in the FBI. Mm -hmm. And I geared away from that and actually went to school to be a secondary English teacher. Uh, I was 26 years old when I really truly felt that what I was doing wasn't what I was really meant to do. I didn't really like it as much. Uh, I had always wanted to help people and I didn't really like the nine to five whole office job atmosphere and doing the same thing every day. And I really wanted to make a difference in, in the world. Yeah. And so you decided to get into, into police work, which is incredible, especially as a woman, you know, so being a mom to four wonderful, smart, spunky, busy children is hard. Being a cop while having a family is even harder. And now with all the unrest in our country regarding police officers, it must be even that much harder. So I know you took some time off after having your fourth child um, and you're supposed to be returning soon, but how do you feel about returning with all that is going on? Well, um, I would be lying if I said that I'm a little unsettled about going back to work. I, I have been praying and I've been very distraught about all everything that's going on. I worry about my officer's safety and of course my own when I return. But my family is the most important thing to me, and I have to try and go back to work and finish my career. I will go back and just take it in stride. If my head and my heart is is not there and it's elsewhere, then I will have to reevaluate and vest out early and continue to be a mother to my four beautiful children. Yeah, I mean, which must be such a hard decision to make because you have put and dedicated a lot of time to to your career as well so of course your number one priority is your children and your husband and your family but your career you put a lot into so the fact that you know all of this is going on and you now have four beautiful babies and you have to turn and go back to a really unsettled crazy world is probably very scary for you um like you said, you know, your family comes first. So I bet it's yeah. a very hard decision to make. Definitely. And and I, I have to say that I think I was nine, almost nine and a half years into my career before I had my first child. So I had put a lot of time and effort and, and um, missed a lot of things and gave up a lot of things to, to be, be a police officer. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you have a career for 
that a long of amount of a time and then you have your children you know that's really your baby first and then you go into your kids which of course you know nothing trumps trumps your kids your kids are I mean they're everything but I I understand that completely so being a training sergeant who makes sure your fellow officers attend their mandatory and additional training can you discuss that uh yes so um, there's a lot of training that's held in the department um, and officers are required to attend certain training either annually or periodically every two years, um, such as the gun range, tactics, CPR and first aid. And then there's also certain types of training that are specialized that only certain officers will go to. And um, there's also training that now our attorney general mandates us to go through, such as the recent training that was um, done was called implicit bias training. So we have uh, a lot of training that's within, within the department and we have to get about roughly 30, 35,000 officers and civilians trained. Right. So how do you, um, how do you keep up with all of that? I mean, it's, it's mandatory. So do they have like a certain time throughout the year that they have to complete these different trainings by, or how does that work? Yes, we have, um, so there is certain months where they have to go to, let's say, the gun range or um, CPR. And it's also based on each officer in the in the department, in the command, actually, that I work. If their training is about to expire, they have to go. And you really keep track on it, it on the computer. And I have I had a very amazing assistant that was really great. And she helped me. A lot and uh she basically ran the yeah. show behind Those the door assistants i mean <laughs> they're always the best right <laughs> Help yes she was really <laughs> and she also had four children of her own yeah. too yeah which is a tough uh, again a tough thing because when you're organizing and running the show for something like that it's it's a lot there's a lot on your plate um, with the training, you said uh, we broke up a little bit. Unfortunately, I had I had something coming in. So I just want to make sure that we we get back to that a little bit. So there's mandatory and additional training. Um, the mandatory training is something that police officers have to go through every single year. Uh, what how many different classes do they have to take each year? Well, it, it, it all depends on um I want to say when their training is expiring. Right. So like CPR and first aid is usually good for two years. Okay. So if that officer came on and then we send them to that training, so they have another two years before they have to complete it. So it's not, um, you're not going by everybody in the command at one time. So you really do have to keep track of, of when these officers have gone and have completed and passed their and training. What additional training is there? I just want to make sure I get that as well because I I don't know if I actually heard you say that. Well, there there are like the specialized additional training where um let's say plain clothes officers or certain type of um drug training as such as marijuana enforcement um and and stuff gotcha. like that. So you guys go through a lot every single year to make to keep it all up. Um, so let's now shift this a little bit and talk about the things going on in our country from George Floyd to Breonna Taylor. Now, Jacob Blake, each case is different with very different circumstances, but they have all sparked protests, riots and looting. Um, we have the Lives Matter movement. We have the defund 
police movement. It's all so sad and all so hard to navigate through. So with that being said, um, I want to express my opinion on this. I, of course, uh, believe Black Lives Matter. Not not a doubt in my mind. I, I believe Black Lives Matter. I also, of course, do not believe that the police should be defunded. Um, not not even one percent. As a matter of fact, I think police deserve more. And I also think that the Black Lives Matter organization has a very scary undertone to it of chaos and destruction. Um, I've spoken to um, I did a blog series with with black moms and I, I spoke to to, you know, four different black moms and they all agreed that they which I didn't ask them. They, they told me this on their own. All of them, none of them knew each other. They all said that they 100% believe that, you know, in Black Lives Matter, which, of course, how, how could any of us not believe that Black Lives Matter, um, but that they didn't necessarily right. believe in the organization because they felt that there was, it was, um, there was an undercurrent to it. So there are really extremist anarchists in our streets threatening the lives of police officers and in and innocent bystanders every day from, you know, Antifa to some of the more extreme Black Lives Matter people to some of, you know, the people who might be against Black Lives. I don't, you know, I don't know 100% what's going on out there. So how do we, how did we get here? And really, what is your take on all of this? Okay, um, well, I would like to start by stating, stating that I think that all lives matter. That's including black lives and everybody. Um, This, this is not the days of the past and of segregation. I feel like the media has fueled the fire. And a lot of these incidents that you brought up have not even had all the facts out before everyone jumps the gun and starts saying that the police are in the wrong. I feel a lot of it starts in the home too. uh, The way we are raised Mm -hmm. and the way that one views the police. A lot of people come from broken homes and their environment that they are brought up in plays a huge role, I feel, in their actions. Yeah. And in, I think until we can move in the right direction to fix that, I don't think it's going to change that much now. I also believe that the organizations of Black Lives Matter and the Antifa are some sort of domestic terrorist organizations. Right. They have, I feel like they've morphed into an anarchist groups. And they just want to do mm-hmm. harm. As a uh, as a police officer, I say that 99% of us join this calling because it's not just a profession. And I want to, I and they want to make a difference in the world. We go to work, and our main goal is to gain. Um, our main goal at the end of the day is to go home. We always want voluntary compliance from the public and strive for the good relationships within the mm-hmm. public. I also feel that the mainstream media highlights the bad. And so that is what the public sees. Uh, We also have the men and women in office that we have elected in who do not listen to these so-called incidents and automatically jump to conclusions. They jump to these conclusions without seeing facts or... Danielle, are you there? I just lost you. Hello? Oh. I'm here. Can <laughs> yeah. you hear me? I was like, where did she go? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry. Where? <laughs> you said uh, the politicians and people in office that jumped to conclusions. 
Right. With, with their, they jumped to conclusions without seeing any type of uh, neglect on the citizens' part or the actual right. facts. It's pretty much based on the actions of the so-called bad police at the moment. So the people elected these officials into office, and I feel like they listened to their words and also the media, because that's what's all over the TVs. Um, and I also do feel that there's a certain lack of respect for authority nowadays, and I honestly feel that it starts in the home where the people are being brought right. up in. Yeah, I would have to. Uh, I think that's a very strong statement, and I and I would have to agree with that. I mean, we were taught to always, you know, respect authority, and I'm not saying that if if you think that you know something is going wrong or you're you're you know you're really against certain things that the you know laws that the politicians are pushing forth and stuff like that. I'm not saying that you can't get involved and and stand up for what you believe is right in the right way. I, but what I am saying is that we grew up to respect authority. And if a police officer, you know, was there, we said, hi, we, we respected him. We regarded him as a hero because, you know, you guys really are. And recently we were on a, we were on a uh, Facebook thing together and, Someone said that, you know, compared police officers to movies like Police Academy, where it was all, you know, jokes and stuff like that. And that when we were raised, we were just, you know, brought up to regard police officers as heroes and not they're not they're just everyday people. That really actually bothered me a lot because everyday people don't go into the streets to work to protect the citizens that they don't even know every single day as a matter of fact not a lot of people do it and and a lot of people don't understand how hard that job is not only in the decision making but also in the fact that you're risking your life every single day for people you don't know so you know i, I just it that was a statement that really bothered me in that facebook thread that we were on yeah yeah you know yeah i I could see how that would. And, you know, we do, we go out and we risk our lives for, like you said, for people that we don't even right. know. And we have to make a split second decision and it could either mean life or death for, for us, our partners or, you know, a, a citizen. Right. Yep. And I, and I also think that, you know, you're not, you guys go above and beyond. There are over 800,000 police officers in the United States of America. So that, that's a, a small group compared to how many citizens live in the United States of America, but it still is a large number. And out of that large number, if you want to talk bad seeds, it's a very small right. number. I truly do not believe that uh, the majority or even half of, or even a quarter of, or even 1% of police officers are bad. I, I don't believe that at all. I think that you guys really do go out there and wear the badge honorably and, and try to do the right thing by all people, everybody, not, not one race, not right. one, one creed, nothing. I think you, you really go out and try to do the best you can for everybody, you know? Yes. And, and with that being said too, that there are so many officers in this country and just think of the, the interactions with each officer every right. day in, in all, you know, in, in California, Wisconsin, you, the, they're the interactions and then you see the very few that 
are are bad seeds or you think that they might be bad seeds because some people are not waiting for the facts to come out before they're jumping to their conclusions and seeing seeing everything but like i and and i do believe that there are every bad seed in in there there are bad seeds in the bunch and that's for any profession and any type and any line right and i i mean by no means do i ever want to see anyone's life taken that shouldn't i think that um, for instance, we could talk about George Floyd. I think that the situation with George Floyd, he resisted arrest for what was it, 25 or 40 minutes, somewhere around there. And that the cops were very, you know, they, they kept trying with him and kept trying with him. At the end of the day, do I think that police officer should have knelt on his neck? No, I don't. Um, but there was more to it. And And again, I don't, George Floyd shouldn't be dead. I think um, it did come out in in the autopsy that he passed from an overdose prior to the kneeling on the neck or during the kneeling on the neck. But, uh, you know, yeah. how does all of that work? So is that a thing? Are police like is that are police officers supposed to do that? Are they not supposed to do that? What is what what was it there with that specific one? Because that's the one that really ignited all of this, you know? Well, I can't speak for other departments and their policy, but there um some I mean, um, so like we can have chokeholds in the in the uh, New York City Police Department. And uh I don't know how, what their policies are as far as restraining an officer. So I can't really speak on right. on that. Um you know, but I I would have to say that we would have to see what their um what their policies are and, and go about that. But a lot of these incidents wouldn't have the outcomes that they're having. If once the officers get on scene, the suspect or whoever complies with them and just, just listens to the, the, the commands and the demands that the officer is requesting. Like I said, that's all we want is voluntary compliance. Yeah, absolutely. And we, at that point, we can't just walk away. We're there for a reason. We're there because somebody called nine one one, or because there is, there's something going on at that scene. So we can't, we can't just right. walk away. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be handled. I mean, that's literally your job. <laughs> your job is literally to be there to help a situation and help people out. So, I think I think it's very unfortunate yeah. when we see stuff stuff like the George Floyd thing happen because. I think it then creates a big divide and it's a very fine line of what was right and what was wrong. Um, You know, I think Jacob Blake is a different, different story. I think there's a lot going on with that case, but again, we don't know all the facts. And I really think that, you know, look, I, I'm a very passionate person. I'm somebody who likes to jump and, and kind of voice my opinion, my opinion, sometimes probably too much. Um, But, (laughs) but I'm passionate, you know, and and I'm passionate for for everybody. I'm passionate. Like I said, I'm passionate for black lives. I'm passionate for for police. I I know you well, I have a, a bunch of family members who are cops and everything else. And I really am somebody who who wants to see all of this just resolved in the best manner, because I don't think black people are bad. I don't think cops are bad. I think there's there's bad in people and that it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's bad in people. Um, so and I think that's something that people have to remember. Uh, black all black people are bad. All cops aren't bad. Um, all white people are bad. But there are bad people and bad people do bad Correct. things. And at the end of the day, yes, it's it's a police officer's job to you know, assess the situation and, and do the right thing. But I think 
if you're not a police officer, you also don't really understand that. You guys go through a lot of training. You have to get degrees and all of this other stuff. It's not, you know, I think people think that it's very easy to become a police officer and it really isn't. So my hat tips to you guys um, and to everybody else out there, because um, like I said, I don't want to see any lives lost either. So what, if anything, do you think can be done to course correct this chaos? I mean, I, you touched on it a little bit. You really think that it starts at home and I, and I would actually have to agree. Yes. Um, Excuse me. We, um, I I do. I agree that um, a lot of it starts in the Mm -hmm. home and um, as, as police officers, we, uh, I, I feel that there's a false narrative that all police are racist you know, we, we go out, we defend the good, good citizens of the community that we right. police, whether it be an all African-American community, a Hispanic, Asian, white, so and so on. We don't we don't see mm-hmm. race. We see people who either listen and obey the law or the ones right. that don't, you know, and then um, then the media. I would like to see the media start reporting good things about police yeah. officers. And, and all the good that they do, but they won't. Um, and I think to fix this, it really does. It, at the end of the day, I feel like it needs to start in the yeah. house and in the home and the upbringing. And also, I feel that they're, um, the, I think that our justice system is yeah. flawed. And uh, that's a whole nother story. And that's a whole nother topic for another discussion. But it's, I believe in that yeah, also. I would too. have to agree with, with that as well. So from where you were first as a police officer to now, what has been the biggest change in your profession? Um, well, I would say as far as within my profession, this whole technology aspect. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Since I have gotten on. <laughs> it's... um. I think it has changed significantly. I mean, from the cell phones that we carry around uh, to our body cameras, the way the jobs are dispatched nowadays. And um, I think it's harder for officers with the time on, it's hard for them to adapt and to change to that. Right. And um, I, and like, as far as the outside world, how things have changed for me, um, from the start of my career until now, I think the biggest change is with the lack of respect for like from the community and from certain individuals. Uh, it has deteriorated over, over yeah, time. Super, super, super sad. So what are your biggest challenges as a woman police officer? Uh, well, as, as we know, I work in a predominantly male workforce and I find that we have to work a little harder us yeah. women to prove ourselves and also the juggling to raising a family when the time comes and being a wife. I think it's very difficult. Um, that being said, I also think that the best partnership within the police department is a competent male and a competent female. There are things that women can't physically do that uh, males can do. And I hate to say that, but it is very right. true. It's And women tend to have a certain way of speaking that I think could possibly calm down the situation and make things a little bit easier and and more uh, effective. And also a lot of, if we respond to a call, some women would rather prefer to talk to another yeah. woman. And so that's 
that's how I, I, I think that's the best partnership is a male, a competent male and a competent I think female. that's, I, I actually agree with that as well. I mean, can you just run for office or something here? I agree with all of this. <laughs> um, in one sentence, how would you describe being a woman, mom, and police officer? Um, so being all these things has morphed me into... Um, it's it's hard because I, I get like a little choked up, but it's definitely made my life very challenging. Yeah. And being a police mom is, is not for everyone. And it's, I wouldn't change it for the world though. I love it. So thank you so much for joining me today and for your service to New York City and our country. You are a strong, beautiful, smart mama and a hero in many people's eyes. In a world where women fight for equality every day, you took a chance in becoming a police officer and wear the badge proudly and honorably. So always be proud of that. I know your children are too. Bless you and bless all the men and women in blue. Definitely. Thank you. And thank you so much for your kind words. And thank your you time. so much, Danielle. Already. Bye-bye. <laughs>